0: Okay, so welcome to today's episode of Forward Thinking. We have a special guest, at least very special to me. Uh, we have Kristen Alexander, who's the co-founder of Ops, and, and she's also one of my old bosses, um, which is um, amazing. And she's one, also one of our past clients. So um, we're really excited to have her on to talk about an important topic, supporting the um, our overall topic. We talked about, about elevating marketing ops. And the topic we're going to dive into today is the soft skills that marketing ops leaders need to have. And we think that soft skills are really important in what set apart a marketing ops leader. A lot of time people focus on knowing tools and tech and kind of the more tactical um, part of marketing ops, but really in order to step up, you need to be strategic and also have um, some of those soft skills to work cross-functionally. So uh, welcome, Kristen. Um, I think to kick things off, maybe just introduce yourself and you have a great background also in in B2B and and also B2C. So if you could talk a little bit about your past experience and what you're doing at Ops.
1: Sure. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me. I'm delighted to um, have this talk today and uh, just to chit-chat about what's going on in marketing and marketing ops and also how people can develop their skills because I think it's really important. Um, so yeah, my background is um, different. And I think that's true of so many people, right? People end up in the jobs that they have now by navigating many different paths. Um, I started... Uh, In consumer, I worked for Cricket Wireless, and then I worked for many years at Disney. And I did various different marketing and product development jobs. I ended up working on um, kids and family video games and mobile um, experiences at Disney. Um, And then I moved to the Bay Area to do startups specifically. And that's how I got into enterprise marketing. Um, So I had a mentor who encouraged me to add enterprise to my background in addition to consumer. And that um, played out and is playing out now really well um, because many companies have both sides. Um, Mm -hmm. Or even if they're enterprise companies, they're selling to an end user, which is kind of like a consumer motion. So that Mm -hmm. experience has been really valuable. And I've done um, a few different enterprise startups. And um, Chrissy and I met at Agari, which was um, one of them. And um, most recently, I was the CMO at a company called Certain, um, which I'm sure your audience is familiar with and uses for um, their events. And then um, in the past um, year, I took uh, probably the biggest leap of faith in my career. Other, th- I've taken... I guess there's 3 big ones. Consumer to enterprise, big company to startup, and then um, startup to founder of my own company. And we share that in common because you founded your um, own company too. So that is probably, I think, you know, just the biggest career career risk that I've taken and a significant one that um, people go through. And so it's been um, really fun um, co-founding my company over this past year. Um, it's called Ox, as you mentioned. And we'll talk about what we do and how it's relevant to marketing and marketing ops.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I think... Um your just your background in general, you pointed out that you know you've had mentors and I think just that that natural um segue into what you're doing now and also what we're gonna talk about today, like the soft skills, but as far as you know, self working on yourself or self-improvement and finding mentor or leadership. Um, I've always looked to you as really an inspiration for that because you've always been really good at connecting with people, finding mentors, even like m- people that aren't maybe ahead of you in your career, but they just have a different skill set than you. You always are tapping them for expertise. And I think that's a really smart thing to do that marketing ops leaders can learn from. So um, yeah, I think um, it's amazing that we'll have you to talk about that today. So Let's kick off the first question and get into the meat of it.
2: Yeah. Well, before we get into the first question, do you want to go into a little bit more about what Ox does? Because I think that would lead us quite nicely into the first question that we have around soft skills.
1: Sure. So um, I've always been inspired, like you were talking about having mentors and tapping people for skills. I've always been inspired by work life and how do you, um, you know, help people figure out what their skills are, use those skills to navigate down career paths, use those skills to get into new types of jobs. And so what Ox is, is an AI platform for soft skills training. And really soft skills, when you think about all the skills that you acquire, um, soft skills are foundational skills. You can use them in any job that you have. So in any job in marketing, soft skills apply. And they apply if you want to transition from marketing into a career in customer success or you know, navigate from marketing to sales or, or vice versa. So soft skills really are a critical skill set. And these are things like communication, um, collaboration, problem solving, um, and... These are the skills that really help people navigate work um, and move through their career and, and become successful. And you'll notice that people that seem to be you know progressing really quickly through their career have mastered um, these soft skills, maybe not all of them, but you know some some set of them. Mm-hmm. So at Ox, what we're doing is helping workers, um, practice, improve, and um, perfect their soft skills at work. So we have audio training and it's snackable. It's designed for, you know, anyone really, you and me, but especially I would say, um, you know, workers that are in the first half of their career where they're really trying to figure out how to navigate. So our audio training is short, you know, 10 minutes each, um, each track. And it's really actionable because I think that's, Really important. Like when you're learning a new skill, when you're when you're learning absorbing new information at work, um, you really want to learn things that you can put into practice, and then you need to practice them to get good at them. And oftentimes. Mm-hmm. I think what you see in soft skills is people who have now, nav- you know, maybe have 20 years of experience. The reason why they can walk into a meeting and sort of command a room or know how to nav- navigate and build relationships with everyone is because they've done it 5,000 times before. But if you're starting your career to learn how to do that, what your role is in every meeting and how to work well with people and how to contribute at a level, that where your information will be, you know, easily absorbed. That's something you need to practice. And so our app lets gives you audio training, and then lets you practice via voice. And we give you actionable feedback on things mm. like um, sentiment: do you sound hesitant or confident? Um, also, word choice and your pace and your volume. Um, I tell this story often that early in my career, I had a boss, and I think he took a big risk doing this because, um, you know. Uh, I don't think it was common advice, but he said, you know, Kristen, when you get, when you're really passionate about something, it's, it's um, you're, you're putting out good energy and and usually valuable information, but you start talking really fast and you're talking really high and nobody can understand what you're saying. And you need to you know, slow <laughs> down and just <laughs> accentuate the words, make your points, choose wisely how you want to contribute. And that was like, Incredible advice, and so we're we're offering that kind of training for people, um, and and it's really important for how you navigate.
2: Yeah, I love I love this on so many levels actually because I think marketing ops people, like specifically, like kind of a lot of the people that are listening listening to this, a lot of the time they're told you just need to be you know focusing on your technical skills. You need to be learning SQL. You need to be learning you know what's the new what new tool you can implement and integrations and things like that. But knowing we talked about the soft skills and, and how they, and that's going to be probably something that's going to elevate them and propel their career, probably more than learning just another Martech tool. And then for you, like one of the reasons why we love having you on today is, you know, with Ox, you've got this, you know, amazing knowledge of soft skills, but you can also give us and our audience some knowledge and insight into, you know, your, from from your past being CMO, running marketing organizations, hiring Mops people, really understanding that function and really how to marry those two things together. So like from an ops point of view, a marketing ops point of view and a B2B marketer point of view, like the soft skills are gonna really set them apart and help them move up and elevate themselves. So I'd love to like dive into that a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. if you had to choose you know, a few like top three soft skills for a B2B marketer and maybe like more specifically someone in marketing ops. Yeah. Um, what would they be and and that what's for those that would really set them apart from, from the rest.
1: Yeah, I think one of the um first ones is probably communication and I think uh, this is important for, you know, all job types, but specifically with marketing ops what I would pay attention to is um communicating the the um right type of information for your audience. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you'll see somebody who is stellar in marketing operations is very detail oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, That is great because it allows you to identify specifically, am I gonna be able to do this? What are the best ways to do this or that? So it's an extremely useful skill, um, but, or, or characteristic. But if you're communicating, if you're very comfortable communicating a high level of detail, And then all of a sudden, you have to communicate to the CMO and you are including all of that detail together without summarizing what are the key things that the CMO needs to understand and what are the key things that tie to the business results that person cares about. You might be losing them in all of the detail that you're sharing, whether that's written. Mm -hmm. I see it a lot of times like emails that are just like so long. And if you only have, you know, two or three minutes to get the highlights, it's impossible to determine what it what is what do you need to take away or like really long chats or, you know, just even in a meeting taking. I'm long winded, as you can tell, but Mm -hmm. taking like, you know, um, you know, five minutes to get to the thing you want to say is isn't going to be is not the best way to communicate for the audience you're communicating to if you're if you're working with the CMO or if you're working with a leader who is short on time high on results um, so you really need to tailor your communication for your audience and what is important to them and what they care about and how to help you move forward and you have to plan that in advance you have to do the thinking in advance to figure out what are the key points that you need to share that are meaningful And so I would say communication definitely and then specifically, um, communicating at the right level for for marketing ops, I think is a key skill. Mm-hmm, and yeah. everyone I would
0: oh, I go was going say on, on top of that, um, on our last interview, Dan actually gave that piece of advice. He said, be a chameleon. So it like just when you're speaking to someone, you know, tailor your the way that you're talking about it or the way you uh, even approach it, the the same way as them, or how you think that they would want to hear it. Um right. and and for a CMO, you know, they, like you said, they're short on time, but also they don't know, they don't understand technical details. Most CMOs aren't very technical. It's very rare you find one, but even if they are, just give the, give them the information they need to know in a way that is, I wouldn't say dumbed down, but in a way that's very clear and precise that they would understand it.
1: Yeah. I think the, like a good framework to think about is if you give sort of the highlights and the most impactful information, then the person on the other side can always ask questions to get you to go deeper. And okay. if they want you to go deeper, they're going to ask and you'll do that. And then you'll be fully prepared because you'll have the technical information to get down to that level. Super hard to do it the other way. If you give mm-hmm. all the details, then for that person to do the mental gymnastics to abstract up what you're saying is yeah. much harder.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Actually, I was working with a Client the other day on that, um, we we're trying to build out their roadmap and their plan for, for marketing ops. And then I, then we'll say, okay, well, this is the plan. What is kind of the two sentence kind of summary that you can give to the CMO about kind of the story of what you're working on that quarter? Because, and then if they want the detail, they can go into that whole plan. So yeah, I think that's such an important point you just brought up.
1: Yeah. So I think that's one communication. The other one is collaboration and in collaboration. So, you know, marketing ops is working with all types of people across the organization. It's really a cross functional role in that way. Working on the marketing team, but you're working with, um, sales and, you know, everything you're delivering has an impact on customers. So you sort of are touching the whole organization, which is a. Great reason why it's, you know, a great role to be in. Um, and because of that, you need to learn how to work well with other people and specifically within collaboration. I would say the area to focus on the most is influence. So how do you build relationships with people and influence your thinking so that it's advantageous to them? It kind of mm-hmm. ties into the um, communication piece we were just talking about. If you're working with sales and you know what You know, let's just say an AE's goals are, and you're trying to build some champions within a team to adopt, you know, a way in which you want to do something or a technology. Um, And I think that's a good approach. Like you want to build some champions within the sales team to support what you're doing. And to do that, you need to put, you know, what you're trying to achieve in the terms that they care about. How Mm -hmm. is it going to help them? And how are they going to benefit from it? How are they going to benefit from it right now? Maybe how are they going to benefit from it in their career? And they're developing a skill that is going to be something that's going to contribute to their, you know, professional growth. So I think really thinking about how you work with people and not forcing information down, um, but more being a partner and a teammate. And when you start to show that um, you're collaborative in that way, you'll find all these people coming to you. Like, can you, know, can you solve this for me? Like, I have this challenge. I just want to use you as a sounding board. As soon as you see people start coming to you like that, you've sort of changed the game for yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love that again because so the specific examples where I feel like people in marketing operations fall into the trap of not doing what you just said, it's like they're trying to implement some tool, like you mentioned. For their sales team, mm-hmm. and then so they implement it. Maybe it's a sales engagement tool. Maybe it's like intent data or something like that. And then all they do is do build it, and then they'll do like a presentation to the sales team. And then we go, okay, go yeah. use it. Yeah. Not once was the sales team kind of brought in to like give their opinion on how this should be operationalized, how they should be worked. They didn't collaborate within that project. It was a okay. I'm the marketing ops person. I'm just going to build this thing ship it to you. And then, you know, if they build it, they're going to use it. If I build it, they're going to use it. And that just never works. The the sales team just turns their nose
0: up and and then sells. I had this like exact example on a call literally yesterday. I was talking to um, a demand gen and a marketing office person. And they're like, oh, we rolled out our intent um, ABM project yesterday to the SDR team. And we got no feedback. It was just crickets and i said you know well what why do you think that is um and i was and they said well i don't know maybe they just don't understand and i was like well that could be part of it but you were talking about what it is um and i said but you know i think you need to think about your audience and have you thought about maybe finding a few champions like sdrs improving out the project first maybe with them because them hearing the success that they've had from their own peer on their team is going to be yeah. much more useful than you just throwing this information at them. They want to hear mm-hmm. from someone who's having success with it so that they are more willing to adopt it. And I've, I've done this before with salespeople. Um, and they said, Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, I, I, and so they're going to kind of use that to prove out their model and, um, yeah, I think once you shift to really think about the psychology of like how to influence that person, like you said, but also to change behavior, I think that's what definitely sets apart the success for your projects.
1: Definitely, I think that's a really good um, example of you know just if people could walk away from this um, understanding, like one thing I could do tomorrow to make a difference. Every time you're rolling out a campaign or doing anything where you require the participant participation of other people, then it's a really great idea to identify those champions and get them on your side and get them to buy into something. Get them to talk to their you know teammates about, hey, we're launching this tomorrow and I agreed to you know support it in this way. Will you help me out with this? And then it will just grow um, more organically and people will be more enthusiastic about it. I think that's a great one. And another one is just to make sure when you're working with people, um, like in a meeting, for example, if let's just say in your in your example, if there's a, a meeting or a call or even a chat of some sort to um, talk about the rollout, make sure you're getting participation and feedback in that. That you're pausing to make sure that people are engaged, and you're asking questions. Um, you know, is there is there anything else I can do for you to make sure that this is a success? All of those things help build that influence and collaboration that you need. Totally.
0: And the second part
1: to, to that for them, I said, don't assume that
0: people know something, you know, the, yeah. the hardest thing for someone to ever say out loud is I don't understand. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just our ego will literally like not let those words (laughs) exit our mouth. You know, so I said, you know, do some quizzing maybe, like make it fun to say like, oh, whoever gets this, I'll I'll direct mail them like some uh, treats or something. You know, I used to give out candy in meetings sometimes to SDRs and quiz them at the end, like (laughs) just because I want to know, okay, what's the level? Do people get it? Because if they don't like asking one is the first step, but then in a way where maybe you don't feel like you put people on the spot, um, turn into something fun. So you really can leave that meeting knowing, okay, they understand these concepts now. Yeah, sure.
2: I think this is such a good example of, of wh- how this sets a, a marketing operations person apart from other people not doing this because, yeah, there's a lot of investment that goes into all of these tools and like going back to your, your intent data or ABM. And if they're getting crickets, that's a really bad look for, mm-hmm. for marketing ops and the people rolling that out. Like you look at the, the wasted investment potentially, you might end up ripping out whatever you implemented. But if you're able to do everything we just talked about and roll it out and you had a lot of buy-in because of that, and that's the success, you know, that, that sets you apart. That's going to leave a that's going to make everyone believe like you really know what you're doing as a marketing operations
0: person. Totally. So yeah. I think, um, all those soft skills are super important and, Um, We, I think even now, especially with remote teams, they're even more important, especially communication, how we work with each other. And um, we're kind of wondering where you see a gap between the soft skills that people need in marketing ops versus what they generally have. Just knowing you've worked with different people in demand generation and marketing ops before, but what do you think is like a a big gap for... um, in the marketing ops world that we maybe haven't touched on?
1: Yeah, I I think one of them for sure is, um, you know, making sure you're communicating at the right level and doing that thinking in advance, which we touched on. Another one I think is just generally, if you're um, uh, projecting confidence, is another one, and confidence comes across in you know many different areas. It can you know it comes across in your writing, and it comes across in um, you know presenting yourself in a video chat, and it comes across you know in one on ones with your uh, managers and teams, etc. Um, but I think you know uh, projecting confidence so that you're coming forward with a solution um, mindset that you know I've. Analyze this problem. We have multiple solutions. Here's my recommendation. And you're saying it or writing it or projecting it with confidence is an important thing to do in this role because you don't want to be sort of um, details and information, but not the driver um, of a, you know a recommendation. And I think for me that leads into the second point, which is really thinking of yourself as a strategic partner. Hmm. In my view, the marketing ops. Um, uh, leaders that I've worked with are like my strategic partner. you've been that, Chrissy, my strategic partner. I'm going to go to you on every big decision to get input, maybe to get the recommendation, you know, the solution, knowing that you're going to take into account all of the factors, including technically how it will work and will it be successful with our setup and our stack and our people. And so I think the sooner in your career, you can start to think strategically and position yourself as a strategic partner, um, the better. And what that means for me is that you're thinking about things holistically with the skill of problem solving. You're collecting data, you're analyzing the data, you're determining what's important. If you're anal- if you're evaluating, you know, tool recommendations. You understand what are the top three things that matter for my team and for my company right now. How do I analyze this problem so that I'm able to explain, look, I I prioritize these criteria and I created a framework to rank this decision like this. This is why I'm making this recommendation top one. Here are the pros and cons and this recommendation top two. Now let's have a strategic discussion about one and two, not focused on all those details underneath that probably your CMO or your leader doesn't need to know unless they ask the questions to get down. So I think the sooner in your career, you do that positioning around being a strategic partner and build frameworks for yourself in problem solving that makes sense to you, that you can then communicate with confidence, the better off.
0: Totally. And I think this is like, sets people apart. And I've been lucky enough to have you really guide me, you know, Six years ago, when we first started working with each other, and you were my boss like i I had expertise with working cross functionally I led marketing operations departments, but i I think you then gave me the great advice, and you let me you let me do it on my own, but you put me in a position where I could really command a room or a call or own the reporting and deliver that, and gave me feedback on. Okay, that reporting like this is what's going to be important to salespeople. Let's focus on that. Or we're creating this newsletter that's going to go to executives of just like the key, you know, things that they need to focus on. You know, give them straight up like it needs to be just a few bullet points of what they need to care about, and um, that just gave me the confidence knowing like okay, they're going to understand the reporting I'm giving them when I'm talking to a group of salespeople. I can own that call, like have the confidence, even though their personalities are really strong and sometimes intimidating. But the confidence knowing that I'm an expert in what I do, um, if I don't show the confidence, they lose confidence and they're not going to listen to anything I say. So um, I think confidence is key. And if you're a leader of an operations team, or if you manage one, letting them find that on their own or also... Giving them the you know the freedom to figure that out themselves instead of just being a micromanager um, yeah. would really be super helpful to them.
1: I think there's two things to help um, with uh, building that confidence. One thing you had mentioned earlier, which is you can surround yourself with almost like people talk about the having like a personal board of directors which i think is one good way to look at it at it and another way to look at it is to have like a peer sounding board that you go to you know i know that um you know this person is an expert in this skill i'm always going to ask them so then i have, and by knowing what their feedback is on my plan that gives me confidence that i've checked it with somebody who's like an expert in this and they agree that this is a Reasonable and good solution, and, and you can use you know your community to do that. Um, you know to find those experts that you build on your own like personal sounding board. So I think that helps um, in sort of um, building the confidence that you need to then be making solutions that you feel not only you feel strongly about but are also legitimately you know backed up by a by a community that supports that as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so I'm never running out of time here a little bit, but I want to know um, before we end. In terms of all of these soft skills we've talked about, if someone has been listening to this and goes, yes, I, I get it, I need, I need to improve, I need to yeah. work on this, so what do they do?
1: Yeah. So I would say um, some good actionable um, tips would be you know, build the, start to build that community around you where you're asking for advice and asking for feedback. That could be really simple. It could start with one person at work where you're in like similar meetings, you're exposed to each other a lot, and you serve as a sounding board back and forth for each other. I think that's a really practical thing you can do. Another practical thing you can do is ask for feedback. Get over your fear of asking for feedback, build a relationship with your boss where you say, you know, we've been having, you know, one-on-ones for the past quarter, and I've really been practicing um, communicating with confidence. How am I doing on that? Could you give me real feedback? Because this is important to me. And it's a goal of mine, you know, by the end of the year, it's a goal of mine over the next year to project confidence in every interaction I have. And I want you to help me stay accountable to that and all of a sudden you're like pulling them into your world which is a great way you know to build relationships and then i would say like learn the soft skills certainly ox can be a resource for you to do that and pick out a couple not you know it's hard to do everything exhaustively pick out a couple that you want to focus on and make them personal and professional goals together and then practice practice at work hold yourself accountable to practicing practice in your personal life with your relationships and friends and say that you're working on this And you want Mm -hmm. feedback and be open to that feedback and it will help you get better
2: yeah it sounds like um the first step is even thinking about it right even acknowledging that soft skills are important and not just being so tunnel vision on maybe your to-do list and then setting goals and then like you said kind of other parts getting feedback but really taking it on as a challenge to improving those i think yeah i feel like most people don't even they don't even—they haven't even thought about that and how how impressive that could be at really driving them forward, elevating their role, and and making them rise up the ranks if that's what they want. Um,
0: I think so, yeah. a lot of people will either you know they'll treat certain things with a lot of rigor, like their health, like what they're yes. eating, working out, but then when it comes to their career, they literally wait until their boss just shoves their performance review in front of them and says, "These are all the things you need to work on." Like don't wait until your boss to tell you to work on things. There's a lot of self reflection that you can do, and um, it's just starting there to start the conversation with your boss. I think is key, especially as we have remote teams. So I think you know for. For leaders that are listening to this too, and you have an ops team or people at marketers, and you know that soft skills are important, and it might be really hard to even try and mentor them right now when we are dispersed and you know just sitting at our desks and we're not able to have that collaborative feel, definitely look into Ox. It's um, ox.org. Ox.org. And-
1: one day ox.org but right now (laughs) and um
0: and you know check it out and and make you know that culture of kind of learning and self develop you know self-development you know key to your team so thank you so much
1: Kristen, for joining us today it was really great
2: do you have any final words before we before we let you go
1: I think I think that was a perfect way to sum it up. Pick out a skill, focus on that skill and treat it like you would anything else that's important to your life, health, fitness, those types of things um, and practice it. And it might be a little uncomfortable at first or hard, but by working through that, that's how you kind of get to the next level. So I think it's really important. And I so appreciative. I think what you're doing and sharing um, this kind of really helpful content for the community um, is awesome. So Great.
2: Love it. Thank you so much. We'll
1: see everyone
0: next time on Forward Thinking.
2: This is Charlie. So, if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content updates for events or courses that we might be doing all designed to elevate your marketing operations and b2b strategy see you next time on forward and forward it up